Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back for season three, episode four of the Fixing Fitness with Kelly podcast. Today, we are diving a little bit into the topic of cleanses and detoxes. There's a wide variety of these types of things that are available via some sort of product on the market where you're buying something that you ingest or a package of some kind, or there are a variety of things that are just like juice cleanses or even just fasting plans that are supposed to both cleanse and detox. And all of these products, all of these plans make a lot of claims, which when you actually read through them very closely, it's very much like listening to a politician. They don't really say anything. A lot of claims, not a lot to back it up. So I want to talk about that a little bit today and the, some of the science that's available on this topic, which surprisingly, there wasn't as much out there as I thought there would be. It would seem that once something is sort of resolved, indisputably, the scientific community doesn't have a lot of time for it. So I want to talk a little bit about cleanses and detoxes, things that might actually be going on when you use these things, use these products, try to do a cleanse or a detox. And then came across some interesting information about the effect that cleanses and detoxes and extremely low calorie diets have on your cortisol levels that I thought I would share as well. So that is where we are headed today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Without further ado, let's drop into season three, episode four. Since we are rapidly sliding into the time of year when we all eat a bunch of delicious foods that maybe leave us feeling a little more sluggish than usual, I thought it was a good time to talk about the cleanse and detox products that are going to start crowding your social feeds. Diets and products that advertise cleansing are usually focused on digestive health, the purported goal being to flush out your gut and restore its natural biome. Detoxes, on the other hand, advertise a more holistic approach to supposedly removing a myriad of undefined toxins from your system. Both will lure you in with claims of leaving you feeling refreshed and restored without ever explaining why or what the products are actually doing. And here again, as I've been discussing extensively lately, this is diet culture running fitness industry marketing. All these brands have to do is claim that their product will help you lose weight, finally start slimming down, or help you control your cravings, and people will line up to buy them in the never-ending pursuit of being thinner. And I understand the temptation. We're all spread too thin as it is, and the thought of needing to put forth more effort into yet another endeavor seems overwhelming, and a quick fix that doesn't require any extra thought or analytical thinking on our part is exactly what we want. But that temptation, that desire for something to just be easy for once, is our downfall here. And we're sending hundreds of our hard-earned dollars out the door because of it. So let's snap out of it before we have a chance to be sucked in this season. I know you've already heard this, but hopefully hearing it one more time from me will help. 
There is absolutely no scientific evidence that a cleanse or a detox provides any of the supposed health benefits that they claim to. A fantastic article out of Rush University Medical Center says, Cleanses and detox products do nothing to remove toxic substances. The reason marketers tend not to define toxins is that there aren't generally any poisonous substances that these types of products can remove from your body. Juice cleanses might temporarily bring your weight down or make your stomach feel empty, but that's simply because you're consuming fewer calories. They don't actually cleanse anything, though they can prevent you from getting needed nutrients and interfere with the workings of your metabolism. Now this tracks with what little scientific literature I could find on the subject. General consensus in the scientific community is that any feeling of cleansing or detoxing and any associated weight loss is just the result of being on an extremely low calorie diet for a couple of days. This is why the weight loss itself isn't sustained after the period of caloric restriction. And as for feeling cleaner, lighter, or detoxified, it really is just that, a feeling that you're having, probably as a result of your stomach feeling a whole lot emptier. The association with being internally cleaned out or detoxified has been created for you by the product's marketing team. So I'm going to link this article in the show notes because it's an easy read and does an amazing job of highlighting not only why cleanses and detoxes are unnecessary, but also how some of them can be dangerous and cause harm to your body. They even call out some deliberately misleading products, which I'm honestly astonished haven't been shut down by the FTC. Remember those pads that you're supposed to stick on the bottom of your feet before bed at night and all the before and after photos of what they look like in the morning, supposedly because they draw toxins out of your body through your feet? Apparently, according to Rush Medical Center, those pads contain a chemical that turns black when it comes into contact with sweat. In other words, no toxins are coming out of you at all. They're just collecting your normal sweat. You might be thinking at this point that even though a juice-only diet or some of these detox products don't actually do what they say, you're still willing to go for it because they do, after all, make you feel a little lighter and less sluggish after a holiday season of indulgence. Let's talk about why that feeling is likely to backfire. I reviewed two studies, one published in 2010 and another published in 2015, studying the impacts of dieting and fasting on cortisol levels. The objective of the 2010 paper was specifically to test the hypothesis that calorie restriction is ineffective because it increases chronic psychological stress and cortisol production. Their results showed that calorie restriction did indeed increase the total output of cortisol and that monitoring calories increased psychological stress. The 2015 study went a step further and compared the output of cortisol between fasting diets, very low-calorie diets, and more moderate low-calorie diets. They also looked at the effects these diets had on cortisol production over time. The authors found that overall, any kind of calorie restriction resulted in elevated cortisol levels, with fasting diets resulting in the most significant increase. They also found that cortisol levels were most elevated in the earliest period of calorie restriction, with a drop-off returning to baseline levels after several weeks. You may be familiar with cortisol as the stress hormone of the body, but it's important to understand what that actually means and what's going on in our bodies when cortisol is released. For one thing, cortisol triggers the release of glucose into the bloodstream. 
glucose is the body's primary source of energy. So when we're stressed and trigger our fight or flight response, our body thinks we need a very fast source of energy to run away or to fight something. Most of the time, obviously, that's not the reality of the situation. So now we've temporarily elevated our glucose levels without really needing to. Moreover, this need for energy can create false hunger signals. Studies have shown a direct correlation between elevated cortisol levels and increased calorie intake in women. Now you've got excess glucose that you haven't used, plus more that will come as your body breaks down the extra calories you've eaten because of the false hunger signals. Your body will eventually store unused glucose as fat. If we add to that the fact that it takes weeks for cortisol levels to return to baseline after a period of calorie restriction and view that through the lens of the short-term cleanses and detoxes, you've got a recipe for cortisol disaster. So while you might feel emptier for a couple of days while you severely limit your calorie intake, you're messing with your body's stress response and appetite triggers in ways that are actually going to confuse your relationship with food and cause more stress in the long run. But I get it. When you're feeling weighed down, sluggish, and indulged to the point of discomfort, you want a solution. So I'm a huge proponent of prevention in this case. If you let yourself indulge a little bit all the time without restriction, you're far less likely to feel out of control when those indulgences become more available like they do around the holidays. This gets to the root cause of those feelings of sluggishness, which is really where the focus needs to be. The sluggishness is a symptom of the problem, not the problem itself. But if you've reached the point where you know you've overdone it, obviously there is no going back. So the best thing to do is take a healthy, two-pronged approach to helping your system out. First, get moving. The best thing you can do is just go for a long walk. It's gentle on the body, but it's enough to start using some of that energy you've got available and relieve the painful feelings of being overly full or even constipated. Second, spend a few days focusing on eating nutrient-dense foods. Lots of green leafy and fibrous vegetables and lean proteins like fish or poultry. If you've already got loads of glucose that you aren't using, you don't want to compound the issue by eating tons more in the form of carbohydrates. Taking this natural approach might take a couple of days to see things get moving regularly through your digestive system again, but guess what? Cleanses and detoxes will take a couple of days too. I think part of their appeal is that they seem to clear you out a little bit faster and more dramatically. Here again, it's important to remember that the feeling of emptiness or being cleared out is coming from the extreme caloric restriction we discussed earlier. If you want to reduce your calories for a while after a period of indulgence, it's far better to do so in a very small way meaning no more than 10% of your total daily energy expenditure. This will help prevent spikes in cortisol levels and will prevent your body's other adaptive capabilities from kicking in to perform its basic functioning on a lower calorie budget. So this is the other part of extreme dieting that doesn't get enough airtime. Let's say your total daily energy expenditure is 2,000 calories for easy numbers. Your total daily energy expenditure, or TDEE, is calculated based on your basal metabolic rate, or the calories your body needs to perform its basic functions. 
Your BMR is then multiplied by an activity multiplier based on your personal activity levels to determine approximate calories expended per day. And this number is your total daily energy expenditure. So if you're maintaining your weight and your TDEE is 2,000 calories, your energy intake, or how much you're eating, is 2,000 calories a day. If you're eating a very low calorie diet, something like 1,200 calories per day, you would expect to be in an 800 calorie daily deficit. Your 2,000 calorie total daily energy expenditure minus the 1,200 calories that you're actually feeding it. But what will happen over time is that your body will figure out how to conduct the activities that make up its basal metabolic rate using less calories because it senses that it's not getting enough calories to do all of those things and support your physical activity levels, so it adapts. And remember, since your TDEE is calculated based on your basal metabolic rate, this means that your TDEE will drop too. So let's say for the sake of easy numbers, that with a total daily energy expenditure of 2,000 calories, 1,300 calories is the BMR. But now you're only eating 1,200 calories per day. So let's say your body adapts so that now it only needs 1,000 calories for its basic functioning. If your activity levels have stayed about the same, your total daily energy expenditure is now only about 1,500 calories per day not 2,000. So that deficit of 800 calories has now been reduced to a deficit of only 300 calories. And this adaptive slowdown is a huge part of the reason why people on diets with extreme calorie restriction don't see results and wreck their metabolisms in the process. Now, I've done a video about this with visuals for those calculations that I just ran through over on my YouTube channel, so I will link that in the show notes if you'd like to watch, because I personally am a visual learner, especially when it comes to numbers and calculations, and that might be helpful to you as well. So if you are tempted to make an extreme calorie cut to achieve that emptied out feeling after you've overindulged, whether via diet, fasting, cleanses, or detoxes, consider a more moderate approach. It might take a couple of days, but it will feel so much better and leave you healthier and less frustrated in the long run. So I hope you guys found this episode helpful. One of my goals with this podcast is to be calling things out in the fitness industry that people flock to without really thinking about it because basically they've fallen victim to the shady advertising that the fitness industry uses to sell a lot of its products and programs. And cleanses and detoxes are some of the worst ones out there. Um, And the really dangerous part about them is that there are influencers who have really significantly sized platforms who will advertise these things. And I've seen it happen in a couple of instances, actually, where they get all of their followers to be doing a cleanse with them or doing a detox with them. But then they themselves end up in the hospital and have to issue some sort of an apology or, you know, after the fact warning to their followers to be careful. And those are extreme examples, of course, but some of what that Rush Medical Center article was talking about, that these things, um, they can be dangerous. So it's not really something to mess around with, especially when your body is more than capable of exercising its own filtering systems to quote unquote detox itself, cleanse itself, etc. And um, I hope that the lesson on the 
cortisol, the impacts on your cortisol levels and the way that your body can adapt to these extreme, the extremely reduced calorie diets um, opens your eyes a little bit and gives you some things to think about if you are somebody who has considered or has purchased some of these cleansing and detoxing products. Because let's also be real here, they are expensive. You are throwing money away on something that absolutely doesn't do anything. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And I know we are going into the holiday season where we're all going to be indulging even a little bit more than maybe we otherwise would just because all of those annual treats that you only get around the holidays are going to be available. So just keep this in mind. Stay sharp out there. Don't fall victim to fitness industry marketing that is fueled by diet culture. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode, and I will be back next week with a fresh one. In the meantime, you can catch me over on Instagram at kellym.roach, hanging out over there with some behind-the-scenes things and other informational content. I would love to have you there. And with that, I will be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.